It took about, what, six days into 2021 before people probably came to the realization that this year could be just as stressful as last year. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. Capitol riot may be a lot of people's cue for passion, but it's not the only thing. At the time I'm recording this, many countries have returned to lockdown. In some cases, they're even enforcing curfews. And the rollout for COVID-19 vaccines is not quite happening as well as we'd all hope. In the U.S. alone, it's been estimated that at the current rate, it could take as long as 10 years for enough people to be vaccinated to create herd immunity. And that's why we've decided to repeat our episode on mental wellness in the workplace. We recorded this last year with Stephen Liptrap, the CEO of Morna Chappelle, one of the largest providers of employee health management in North America. His comments then are just as relevant as they are now. And we hope that in some small way, you take comfort in them. The Nexus, a place where people converge and connect. On this podcast, we look at the things that are changing the way all of us do our jobs. We're going to take a quick peek into the minds of those people who are helping us change. Scientists, HR leaders, and experts in human performance. I'm Chris Nelson. Stephen, I think the most obvious place to start is to ask, how is your mental health these days? I'm actually doing well, even though I must admit I've gone from spending my life traveling 30 to 50% of my time to zero, Uh, but there are (laughs) pros and cons related to that. And we've been spending a lot of time helping our clients and trying to make a little bit of a difference in the world. So in the context of very odd times, to be able to give something back as an organization and make a difference is important. Right. In the early days of the pandemic, you saw a lot of news cycles that explored the topic of employee mental health during this crisis. Those seem to have diminished as other things have sort of moved to occupy our attention. But that does not mean the problem or the potential problem for employers is in any way diminished. Is that correct? Absolutely. And as one of the things that we started doing as an organization is start measuring mental health around the world. We started releasing our mental health index right as we moved into the pandemic based on three years of data. And what we found, this is what shocked me the most, was if you looked at before the pandemic hit and you looked at people that were the most anxious or depressed, so call it the worst 7% of the population, that is now the average today. So I'll pause on that. If you think about the average of people across this country is now equal to the worst 7% before the pandemic hit. We are going to have this massive wave of mental health issues hit. And as a country, we need to make sure we're in front of that because that's going to have huge impacts on productivities and people's lives. And as companies, the same thing as we try and figure out how do we keep employees engaged, focus on what matters. And that is a wave that's just coming at us. So we can't talk about this enough. What are the principal causes of anxiety for people at this time? I think there's some obvious ones. Are there less obvious ones that get your attention that we should focus on that we probably aren't focusing on right now? Yeah. And I'll start with, you know, people have different capacities to deal with things coming at them. Before the pandemic, I would say if you had some 
issues that were making you feel anxious or depressed at work. That was one thing. If you had issues that had you feeling anxious or depressed in your home life, that was another. And where people usually got in trouble is when they had both of those things hit them at the same point in time. And I think that is the same in this. I think what is different is, first of all, people are home, so they're out less. We are social creatures and we need to be around other people. And it's really hard for those who are home alone. I think there is a lot of anxiousness around elderly people, be it parents, uncle, aunts, friends, who may be in homes or we know are at significant higher risk. And you layer on top of that, we're in the middle of the Spanish flu, the Great Recession or the Depression, and the Civil Rights Movement. And that is all on top of people at the exact same time. And that has never happened in history before. Based on the data you've seen, are there groups who are doing worse than others? Some of the interesting things that strike out to us is women are having a harder time than men through this, which I think is interesting and is probably due to the fact that, you know, whether we like it or not, women have picked up more of the duties around the house and or more of the childcare or are maybe better um, at helping their kids through. Not to say all of them, but generally speaking, we do find that women have suffered more in this. We also find that, interestingly enough, people who have had their pay reduced are suffering more, even more so than those who have lost their jobs through this, which is interesting. We also know that people who work for organizations that have provided some support to their employees are doing much better than people who've worked for organizations that aren't providing that support for the employees. So some really interesting insights that have come out of the data that we've been sitting on. Where were companies on the subject of addressing employee mental health prior to the pandemic and where are they now and what do they need to do to catch up with the problem? Yeah, really good question. And I think we had made tremendous progress as a society in the 10 years leading up to the pandemic. Organizations were really also getting an understanding of what was happening in their population. We we're just starting to do tremendous work with organizations to open up resources for their employees. And that can be 24-7 chat, it can be providing things for people to read, it can be better organizations. We're all spending time realizing that this was an issue that needed addressing in the workplace and from a business standpoint, has significant productivity issues. Is there some part of you that looks at the pandemic and think, well, this has in some way destigmatized the discussion around employee mental health, and that's got to be a good thing? Yeah, I think it has. Because I think, and I go back to if the average is equal to the worst 7% before, I've heard so many people say, I'm stressed, I'm anxious, I'm worried about the future. So I think the conversations that, let's call it the average person is having today, are areas that deal with mental health, whether they label it that or not. So I think it has destigmatized it. And I think we continue to move down that journey. Again, we still have a ways to go on destigmatizing it, but I do think we keep moving down that road and we keep moving down it in a good way. For those companies and leaders who perhaps are on the lower end of the curve in terms of their approach to mental health, 
what would you recommend that they do in order to get up on this problem? Yeah, I think there's some very simple things that organizations can do. I think the first one is be open with people, be transparent um, and acknowledge it. So acknowledge what they're going through. And I think there's tremendous value to business unit leader, a CEO or anybody in the C-suite getting in front of their employees and just acknowledging what they're going through. That has tremendous meaning. And that can be that they're trying to do things from home, that they're dealing with elderly parents, they're dealing with kids, anything like that. The second thing I would say is is ramp up communications. People in these times and in any bad times quite often will infer the worst. So I think the more we are open, the more we are communicating, the more we are telling people honestly what the situation is, is just so, so important. I think there's an opportunity to spend time and train managers in this. It's really important to create a check-in culture, which means managers need to be reaching out to their people and checking in on how they're doing. And I think they need to be checking in not just on work, but how they're doing personally. There is a obligation for us to understand a little bit what people are going through in their home life and be a little bit sensitive to that because they are home alone. And if we can pick out people who are struggling a little bit earlier on, we can get support for them. And the other thing I would say is there are lots of different tools that people can provide to their employees on a confidential basis. And those can be employee and family assistance programs. Those can be web check-ins. Those can be peer supports and all of those type of things. You're reminding me of a comment Jeff Bezos made about a new concept, different and better than work-life balance that he referred to as work-life harmony. Now, my cynical brain perhaps thought that was a passive justification for claiming more off hour time from his people so they could work. But that is now sort of sounding oddly prescient in light of what we're going through. Yeah. And I've heard uh, work-life integration and things like that. And I, I think it's all good. I do think you bring up a really good point, though, which is we've got to make sure that it doesn't, because, it doesn't tip too much one way. Deprocessing people which the pandemic has sort of forced employers to do can help it be a good thing. It sort of in an odd way empowers them, makes them feel like they're more in control of their life. Would you say that's an unintended upside to a global crisis like this one? I think it is. Then even as I've been having video calls with people, the number of people I talk to happen to be working and I would say working very hard from locations that might have been up north and some people might have luxury of being in a cottage and some people might have been being with their parents or at their parents place in somewhere different but I think we all realize that it was okay to be wherever back to your point it was more about the work getting done with quality and on time rather than having to be locked down to an office or spending x hours commuting or something like that so I I do think there are some positive things coming out of this, and I hope that when we think about going back, that we keep some of those positives. I think it's good for people's mental health as well to be in different places and see different people and have an opportunity to bounce ideas off of each other. Are you an optimist generally, or do you feel optimistic about potential outcomes or the things that we learned from this pandemic? Yeah, so you are 100% correct. I'm definitely the glass half full person and tend to be very optimistic. Stephen, as always, a very illuminating conversation. I really hope we can do it again sometime soon. 
look forward to it and all the best. Really appreciate the conversation, Chris. Thank you. It's been about four months since we spoke with Stephen, so we felt it was only appropriate to reach out to him following the Capitol riot. And he told us that as a result of that violence, Morneau Chappelle is now offering crisis counseling to its American employees and clients. Stephen recognizes that anxiety that some people feel about the immediate future, as do we. And that's why we're changing things up a little. We had been taking the first few weeks of 2021 to prepare brand new episodes on really cool subjects like blind hiring or unconscious bias. But right now, that feels like it kind of misses the point. Right now, it feels like our values, the things we hold most dear, are being tested. And that's when a few light bulbs went on in a few brains, and we realized we need to speak to values. We need to address that thing that anchors us as people, as organizations, and as cultures. And that's why, beginning in the next couple of weeks, we're bringing you a series of interviews on the subject of values. In the meantime, The Nexus is a production of Nexus Communications. We've been providing innovative solutions to clients for more than two decades. Now, if you need help with things like, say, standing up a mental wellness culture in your business, then let Nexus help. You can find us at nexuscommunications.com. That's N-E-X-U-S communications.com and be sure to subscribe to us like us comment about us on apple podcasts spotify or wherever you feed your podcast jones i'm chris nelson thanks for listening